Tom Swarbrick on LBC. It's Friday, it's 10 to 6, it's Tom Swarbrick on LBC, and that can only and will forever only mean one thing. From Washington, D.C., Simon Marks, American Week. Tom, stop me when this becomes familiar, but once again, this American Week was dominated by Donald Trump. Well, I want to thank everybody. This is a fantastic state. You know, we won New Hampshire three times now, three the former president, as we suggested last week, waltzed Tuesday's New Hampshire primary. He took 54% of the vote in the Republican contest, an 11-point lead over his last remaining rival, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. But Trump on Tuesday night was in a stone-cold fury, his victory speech laced with vitriol about the determined woman still daring to take him on. Who the hell was the imposter that went up on the stage before and like claimed a victory. She did very poorly, actually. She had to win. The governor said, she's gonna win, she's gonna win, she's gonna win. Then she, she failed badly. On and on he went, making fun of her dress, intimating he knows things about her that she wouldn't want to go public. He squandered a big opportunity to cast himself as above the fray, poised to become the Republican presidential nominee almost by acclamation. And all because Nikki Haley said things just before Trump went on stage that utterly stuck in his craw. I want to congratulate Donald Trump on his victory tonight. He earned it, and I want to acknowledge that. That was the magnanimous shot, but here was the chaser that infuriated him. Now you've all heard the chatter among the political class. They're falling all over themselves, saying this race is over. Well, I have news for all of them. New Hampshire is first in the nation. It is not the last in the nation. Haley insists she is not abandoning her quest for the Republican nomination, even though she cannot identify a single state that she can actually win. That sparked days of ongoing fury within the Trump camp. And to be fair to the former president, given that she looks highly likely to face another drubbing next month in her own home state of South Carolina, Trump remains 40% ahead of her there, her determination to stay in the race is poised to delay Trump's ability to go toe-to-toe with Joe Biden. I truly believe she's in, she's being paid or something to be in the race as a pure spoiler, and the party should not put up with that. Eric Trump, the former president's son, floating the idea of a conspiracy theory on Fox News. Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina, who endorsed Trump one week ago, appearing on the same network. The entire party should coalesce around Donald Trump today, not tomorrow, today. So we're only talking about Joe Biden and his four years versus Donald Trump in his four years, and we win because the American people win. Do we want to save the country or not? Just comes down to that. It's simple. Fox News anchor Laura Ingram with the assist there at the end. Let's also just macerate in the undiluted joy of hearing Trump's former advisor, Kellyanne Conway. You remember her. She invented the concept of alternative facts when she worked at the White House. Here she is on Fox raging against Haley without even a hint of irony. This is a democracy, a constitutional republic. We must respect the will of the people. 
And Nikki Haley can't become an election denier. Who knew? But apparently that role is already spoken for. As desperate as Trump loyalists are for Nikki Haley to end her utterly doomed campaign, Trump's dyed-in-the-wool opponents are urging her to stick it out. Bear in mind that Haley's numbers in New Hampshire were inflated by the fact that anyone could participate in the Republican primary, and numerous Democrats and independents took advantage of that fact to dilute the scale of Trump's victory. But there are, of course, moderate Republicans, many of them, who remain in the never-Trump camp. I hope she stays in the race, you know, through Super Tuesday. Trump's nemesis, former Republican Congresswoman Liz Cheney of Wyoming. You'll remember she led efforts to hold him accountable for the deadly January 6th uprising three years ago on Capitol Hill. She was one of only two Republicans who agreed to take part in the Congressional Committee investigating the riot. Cheney paid with her job. Republicans in Wyoming deselected her. But now she's floating the idea that if necessary, she'll try to stop Donald Trump herself by launching a third-party bid for the White House. You had something like, you know, over 35%, I believe, of the Republicans coming out of uh, the voting in New Hampshire uh, said they would never vote for Donald Trump. And so we need to make sure that we're, we're challenging him and working to defeat him at every step of the way. The only problem with that, at the moment, Trump is winning every step of that way, and the Republican Party writ large is bowing down before him. At the other end of the political spectrum, Joe Biden had a mixed week. The president didn't compete in the Democrats' New Hampshire primary. Don't ask me to explain it to you, it's all quite mad. But he did win 64% of the vote among Democrats who wrote his name on their ballot paper, which is a better outcome than he might have feared. He did not, however, have a positive outcome when he attempted to gin up the party faithful this week on the issue of abortion. Joe and I had a chance to sit down. The president was in the battleground state of Virginia trying to make a speech on abortion rights. The issue he believes is the magic bullet for getting Democrats to back him in November. But at every turn, protesters calling him Genocide Joe interrupted the speech and assailed him for his complicity in Israel's military assault on Gaza. Yesterday marked the 51st anniversary of Roe v. Wade, which recognized the woman's constitutional right to choose. Her right to make deeply personal... We're going to have this going to go on for a while. He was right about that. Fourteen times that speech was interrupted, a coordinated effort to undermine him by the left-wing activist group Code Pink. By the time it was over, the pro-Palestinian protesters had stolen the headlines, not the speech itself. This is going to happen again and again, unless the president's campaign chiefs can somehow figure out how to stop it. And it served only to underscore that there are never-Biden voters out there among Democrats who are just as determined to stop his return to the Oval Office as dissident Republicans seeking to undermine Trump. America is about to engage in a battle for its heart and soul, and events in Alabama last night suggest the outcome could be ugly. What we saw was minutes of someone struggling for their life. The Reverend Jeff Hood, spiritual advisor to Kenneth Smith, the convicted murderer who was suffocated to death last night by the state of Alabama using nitrogen gas, two years after Smith survived an earlier execution when jail officials could not find a viable vein for the flow of lethal drugs. We saw minutes of someone heaving back and forth 
We saw all sorts of stuff from his mouth develop on the mask. The condemned man's wife, Deanna, was also in the execution chamber, watching her husband serve as a guinea pig for a new, entirely untested method of execution that witnesses say was barbaric. Her son was crying, having just watched his father take his last gasp for air. Alabama officials, whose death chamber remains one of the busiest in the country, insisted there was nothing unusual about the cruel and unusual. Commissioner John Hamm heads the state's Department of Corrections. He struggled against his restraints a little bit, but there's some involuntary movement and some agonal breathing, so uh, that was all expected. So nothing was out of the ordinary. Nothing out of the ordinary at all. Just another day in Alabama, one that will go down to the state's eternal shame. And the end of another week in America, a country struggling to find its way, beset with two presumed presidential candidates about whom millions of people are entirely unenthused. Which of them will prove least unpopular among their own party's supporters may, Tom, be the killer question of 2024. From Washington, D.C., Simon Marks, American Week.